It's like if you asked for a sandbox and someone just dropped you in like the middle of the Gobi Desert. <laughs> <laughs> this is too much of what I wanted. <laughs> sand everywhere. Welcome to Live Life Creative, breaking down the barriers to being more creative. I'm Dylan Kreinbrink. Thanks for becoming a co-creator of the show on Patreon. You know, your support, it really means a lot to me. So this week, we are hanging out with Isaac Weaver. He is a cool guy. Now, he spent his life growing up playing in bands. He's so into music, way more than me. And he got into creating a new kind of radio station that I don't think has really been done before. So we talk about music, uh, podcasts, Spotify versus radio, and what you need to do to keep on being creative. Now, you can always hit me up on Instagram. Love to connect with you there. The show's at Live Life Creative Podcast. The website, livelifecreativepodcast.xyz. And I'd love to hear your feedback. You can kill me with kindness or just completely blast me. I want to hear what you've got to say. Email me, livelifecreativepodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's hit it. So I just want to start with like your background. Uh, where'd you grow up at? That kind of thing. Yeah. So I grew up in Northeast Arkansas, specifically a town called Pocahontas, which is like 6,000 people. And uh, while I was there, I mostly was, um, I was homeschooled. Okay. So that kind of got, you had to kind of get creative on how you made friends as yeah, a homeschooler. Yeah. So, yeah um, so I played baseball for a long time, like through middle school. Okay. And then I also was skateboarding and just kind of like hanging out with both like the athletic crowd and also kind of like the goofy artistic kind of like skate community that my very, very small town had. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was kind of cool to kind of like monkey swing between both of those worlds and get kind of both perspectives on it. It was, it was a blast. So d- when did you first like start learning to play bass and stuff like that? Yeah. So I picked up bass um, when I was like 15 or 16 because my friend had a um, like metal band that they needed a bass player for. Yeah, of course. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. So we kind of like we friend sourced enough money to buy like a hundred dollar like Fender Squire. Nice. I learned all of their songs and I played like (laughs) a few shows with them in a garage and it was a blast. And I just immediately was like, okay, music is the single coolest thing ever. And yeah. When you grow up homeschooled, like friends are kind of just like this rare commodity that you like <laughs> see constantly. It's so true, though. And uh, I, I noticed that, oh, so music equals people to hang out with. I need to play music as much as I can. So okay. I've kind of bounced in between like every band needs either a drummer or a bass player. Yeah. And uh, I, I've noticed that uh, being a bass player, you are in a good position to like hop in different bands. So it's it served yeah. me well for cool. a while. <laughs> yeah, right. What did you start going for in college? Was it related to music or is it just some other random thing? Yeah. So I started college having absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I had several interests. I had you know stuff that I was really... I enjoyed. Like when I grew up, I would edit videos of me and my friends skating. So very, very rough like video editing. Um, I really enjoyed music. So I thought, okay, well, maybe music ministry. That would be like the best way... I saw to like get paid to play music and get paid to be involved in music. Um, but like freshman semester, I had a really cool, um, John Brown university does a thing where, um, you take like a, all of your core classes, if you sign up to be a major, and then you have like these random, like showcase classes where like you kind of dip your toe in a different field. Mine was Christian media and television. I had this really enthusiastic, calm 
professor who made the idea of being a communications major just the most fun thing possible. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Okay, like I kind of went in undeclared and then second semester of my freshman year, I was in comms and okay. I had a blast. Like it was just the most fun thing ever. Okay. So how did that lead to where you are at now? Okay. So um, midway through my first freshman semester, I had this awesome communications professor. Right. And uh, she kept talking about how there was an internship available at the local radio station. Yeah. And I thought, oh, okay, cool. Like, even if I just hang out here for a couple hours a week, that'd be really cool to say, you know, I put in some time at a radio station. So, like, freshman semester, halfway through, um, I land an internship at the radio station that I now work at. And I've been there since, like, spring of 2013. And, uh, okay. I walked in super nervous. I had no idea what I was doing regards to like anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, the program director there, who's still there now, um, was just is and was the most patient human being ever and uh, <laughs> helped me with everything. Yeah, it is vital to learn from people like that. Uh, when I got started working at the radio station I'm at now, uh, the guy who trained me uh, was kind of the same way. Really smart guy, super patient. I'm sure that I asked like tons of dumb questions yeah and just completely when i went into (laughs) it i didn't even realize that radio works on like a weekly schedule yeah (laughs) which is like super basic (laughs) so like i started from nothing too i'm like okay i'm just yeah so i kind of have the same experience in uh kind of a different way yeah like that yeah it's a blast and i'm still asking like basic the the most basic (laughs) questions that i'm sure he's like dude you've been here so long how are you not getting this now but (laughs) For better or worse, I'm never afraid to ask questions. Um, so ask even at the expense of, you know, being very inexperienced looking. So yeah, but Real FM. Okay, so let me let you explain, like KLRC yeah. and Real FM and the whole relationship there. Yeah. Okay. So KLRC is kind of the mothership. Um, yeah. If we're going to get sci-fi with it, and it is a uh, contemporary Christian radio station mm-hmm. uh, staffed by some of the most best people in the entire world. The oldest, I would say, like. The oldest yeah. millennial on staff at KLRC is um, Anson. And we had this online signal for college students that originally started. It was good, but the person that was in charge of that left. And yeah. the first year that I started, they kind of like put me as kind of the keep this running person, yeah. like yeah. necessarily like a, um, okay, here, take this and run. It was kind of like no prompting, kind of just, okay, here's, the ship go for it <laughs> so i like, got really weird with it i didn't really know like what i was gonna do with yeah. it and anson had just this incredible vision for a full you know signal that's kind of a pop and um chr christian hits you know blend so you'd have something that's like a pop artist on the mainstream signals and then you would have that blended in with something like a for king and country remix stuff mm-hmm. like that and which is really something that we couldn't find anywhere else. And Anson had this great vision for it. So the signal that I managed to kind of keep going operational, (laughs) um, we decided we would use that as kind of the jumping point for real FM, which is like a top 40 pop blend Mm -hmm. with um, CHR. So it's just this kind of cool mix of we've got 21 pilots on there. We've got Lecrae and Gavi and all of those guys. But then Mm -hmm. at the same time, we've got like Backstreet Boys, like the new Backstreet Boys (laughs) stuff on there, which I will defend Backstreet Boys to my dying breath at this point, because you know what? 
they've got lasting power. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. At this point, for sure. That's so yeah. funny that you've had that experience where somebody just kind of like gave you that thing. Because that's kind of sure. how I walked into my job, too. Is like I was like the operator of... Yeah. I'll just say Keys for Kids Radio. Maybe I'll just start saying what I, where I work and stuff now. Drop the name, man. Yeah. Give the plug. Right. <laughs> uh, so I was just kind of given responsibility to keep it going, yeah. but without any knowledge or experience, really. I was trained by that guy that I mentioned, uh, and he was super great at training me. I just wasn't super great at learning, maybe. And it wasn't until a couple of years later where it started becoming like kind of more of a operational, like living thing that is yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. getting up to now. So there's kind of a popular opinion going around that radio is dying, right? Because you got Spotify, yes. Pandora, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Choose your own music. Yeah. What do you think that radio brings that these other services can't really? Because part of Real FM's mission statement or characteristics is like music chosen by humans for humans. Yeah. So with that, like, it's kind of a weird position for radio right now because I think that we have two worlds and kind of like two realities that people are pushing right now we have the one where radio is dying Mm -hmm. and everyone is saying like oh spotify and like people curating their own music is going to be the killer of radio Mm -hmm. but then we also have companies like apple and then like the offshoot of that apple music who are hiring like these tastemakers to build these playlists for people and you know the person who just left um spotify's like most necessary or hip-hop playlist like his position was choosing music for those playlists, right? Right. So you have all of these industries who are like pushing this narrative that saying radio is dying, but then you also have Apple who I would just assume doesn't make decisions to lose money. <laughs> yeah. They're still seeing like Apple radio as a viable product and they're pushing tastemakers, mm-hmm. which is just to say like DJs who are right. picking music. So I think that we see Real FM kind of as an extension of that Apple radio arm where it's, yes, radio is changing and yes, Obviously, Spotify and Pandora are impacting radio. But I think that rather than just say, well, it was a good run, I think that we're taking radio and trying to like evolve with rather than fight against. So like, I think a cool thing that Real FM is doing is that we have these you know, top 20 playlists. So our songs that we're, are just scoring the highest with all of our users, we just aggregate those into a playlist on Spotify, send out the link, and we kind of meet our listeners there as well. Yeah. And I've personally, this is anecdotal, but I know other people who are like this too. Spotify's kind of discover algorithms. I mean, we saw recently how the Drake album came out, like his two-sided disc came out and Spotify put that wherever it made sense to put a Drake song. Like (laughs) they plastered Drake over every playlist and everything. And I think people are just kind of wise to it. Like Spotify is using an algorithm that really is going to show you new music, but it's new music that they want you to hear. And I think the difference between like having a radio station that's based off of people's feedback, like right now we have a team of people saying, these songs are what we want to hear. And we're doing that rather than like calculating based off of the music that we want to push. Our agenda is to bring music that we enjoy for other people. And uh, I think that's, it's from that tastemaker perspective rather than like the, we're standing on the mountaintop choosing artists that are the best because they would make us money, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that that kind of is the staying power for radio in that we're not picking music based off of like these algorithms that no one really understands. It's more of a personal, like, here's some songs that Anson really likes and he thinks you should hear this week because that's what we're playing this week. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
That's really cool because it really brings more of a relationship back yeah. into listening to radio because it's not just like some machine picking your stuff. Like you can actually talk back to you or to Anson or to Kara, you know, yeah. through the Facebook group or, you know, on the different social media channels, yeah. the music surveys or whatever. Like, hey, this song is terrible or great right? <laughs> and hopefully yeah. great. Yeah, exactly. And it's everyone having a hand in building something as a station rather than like us, again, like kind of picking music from on high. It's a collaborative effort on everyone that wants to be a real FM beta tester. So, I mean, like my mom could hop in next week and start <laughs> giving feedback for songs. And yeah. she can really do that with like Spotify building their like top 40 playlists. Like it's, yeah. it's very like personal and interpersonal. Yeah. Real FM has the Real Talk podcast. You kind of mentioned that. Uh, yes. You have the Wake Up With Isaac podcast. Yes. And so you're a big part of the first thing. You know, you're one third of it. And then you're yes. pretty much like all of the second thing. <laughs> pretty much. Yes. So I'm just curious, how did you get into podcasting or listening to podcasts or how did you get into that space? Yeah. So um, kind of Real FM and Anson's vision for Real FM was the launching point for, oh, let's try all of these cool ideas mm -hmm. and just kind of see where it goes. Yeah. Um, and yeah. podcasting was a huge arm of that. Um, myself and Anson and Kara all listen to podcasts almost constantly. Um, I have a 30 minute commute, so <laughs> I go through just a, a wheel of podcasts on my drive in yeah. and then home. Uh, and we all really liked podcasts. And we think that part of Real FM's vision is lending a voice to a type of discussion that maybe like CCM radio stations are having a hard time like broaching. Um, oh, we've yeah, had for sure really good i would say podcast regarding like the me too movement and mm. reconciling faith and politics and stuff that every person that is in charge of a ccm radio station would tell you never to go to on the air yeah. the real the real talk podcast has kind of given us a space to talk about what we know other christians are talking about anyway mm -hmm. and especially what young christian millennials who are very politically active and very yeah. politically minded are talking about anyway yeah. We see podcasting as a way to kind of have the dis those discussions without disrupting the people who just want to hear music, right? So yeah. have an hour-long segment of our stream where we're talking about it. <laughs> but if you want to hear us talk about it and you want to join the conversation, we offer these podcasts. And of course, yeah. Talk has completely goofy episodes. We're going to go in this week and record one about movies and stuff. So it's <laughs> yeah. it's a blend of both the serious conversations and the lighthearted conversations mm -hmm. we're all having outside of the studio. We just thought we'd bring them in. I really yeah. like listening to both of them. I always uh, slide and wake up between like kind of two longer episodes. So it kind of switches sure. it up a little bit. Yeah. And actually at the time where we're recording this, uh, the first episode of real talk season three released a couple of days ago, yeah. I think that's right. Right. Yes. So I was listening to that today and I won't spoil the segment that but I really like. <laughs> I don't know how to say it without ruining it, but the uh, news segment, I guess. Yes. Would, that the was very good. Segment. And it's news like you would not expect it to be. <laughs> and then, of course, I enjoyed the rest of the conversation, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we covered on the news segment there something that, again, it was kind of the counterintuitive. Don't go near this with a 10-foot pole. And yeah. we kind of had to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, definitely kind of poking the bear a little bit. <laughs> with that. But it was really funny. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of curious, what are some podcasts, you know, two or three that really inspire you or that you just really enjoy listening to besides your own? As as like vague as to say, like, I love TED Talks is, I mean, I really am a yeah. huge TED radio fan. Um, I love to kind of have just tiny nuggets of insight and feel like I've learned something. Yeah. 
one thing that I miss about college is for better or worse, you would go to class and learn something every day. And uh, I think that Ted is kind of my supplement for, you know, I don't have cable, so I don't watch the Discovery Channel or anything. <laughs> I listen to Ted Talks. The one uh, recently I worked, I listened to one about how everything is interconnected. And it was just this beautiful, almost like religious experience as I'm like, oh, we need everything because it's all connected. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. kind of the, uh, the, Ted, the Ted experience in my mind. So I love Ted Talks. The How Stuff Works network is awesome. They have really? all of these like just really informative kind of like mm-hmm. off the wall podcasts. There's one that's definitely like not it, it's you have to be kind of okay with language, but it's uh, the Daily Zeitgeist. They're really funny. It's a pop culture podcast. Okay. They definitely get really wild about every topic that's happening that day, and that's kind of a unplug and listen to two people riff about what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would listen to that one with headphones on, but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a good one. But and I also love um there's one that's way out there and I don't even know if they have a big fan base, but it's the Hyacinth disaster. Hmm. Um and it's a it's an audio drama based oh, yeah. on a uh, it's a spaceship and they go on this doomed mission to like mine an asteroid and you're listening to it as if it's like the black box recording oh, and wow. it's so wild and I'll send you a link so you can put it in the footnotes, but yeah. I like got way sucked into that and it's if you like or i know you're a big like audio effects fan mm-hmm. so they do all this stuff with like you know convincing you that you're listening to the inside of a spaceship through audio and it's way cool <laughs> yeah i've listened to a couple of different audio uh, audio dramas that are podcasts and let's see the black tapes is a big one yeah there was limetown if you ever listen to that one that's a really good one audio drama yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And the Daily Zeitgeist is interesting because like I followed um, the guy that is the main person on that was actually at cracked.com. And I listened to the cracked podcast. It was kind of just like news and informational stuff that from a funny angle. And he went to how stuff works. And now he does the Daily Zeitgeist. Whether or not you agree with the politics of it, it'll make you laugh in the middle of it. <laughs> um, so I know with Real Talk, you have a kind of a lot of different segment ideas that you kind of switch them in and out throughout the couple of seasons you've got out. So how uh-huh. do you come with the come up with those kind of like creative ideas, like the new segment that that's a new kind of thing that you've been doing? Yeah. So all of our idea sessions come from me, Anson and Kara sitting in a room and really talking through like what we think is funny. <laughs> and uh, we You're love better. to workshop ideas. And uh, again, like we kind of approach real talk as, let's give this a shot. And if it works, it, it really works. And we think that it's funny or if not, if it's a flaming disaster, then <laughs> well, we'll only have that one episode recorded and we'll just leave it out. And hope it almost. But um, <laughs> yeah. our idea sessions are really fun because it's really throw your ideas out and let's see what sticks. And if it's received well, then we give it a shot. There's no pressure to produce ideas necessarily, which is what I think is probably the best environment to get ideas from because it's a very low pressure, you know, Hey, we're coming up on our next season. What's the, um, we want to have a couple of new segments and maybe rotate them in and out. Yeah. Just this last one has been heavily influenced by everyone is glued to the news lately. And uh, I'll go ahead and spoil it. Like we have a Mad Lib the news segment where we, we record like Mad Libs through a news story. And it's just a fun take on, we're all exhausted from the news. I mean, like, yeah. I don't read the news anymore. And I think that this is a fun way to discuss news, even if as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A couple of things I take from that. 
you're working with other people, giving yourself permission to kind of have those flaming disasters. And you're just working yeah. with people that you really like, too. Yeah, I think that it's very intentional, even though it feels, you know, unintentional. We don't have a, you know, hard deadline on, okay, Kara needs to have three ideas produced or, you know, there's going to be steps taken to correct that. Or, you know, Anson has to have like the script written on this specific time. It really is working from a place of we all have an understanding that we all bring a unique thing to the table. Mm -hmm. And when it comes together, it can be really fun. So we have idea sessions where it's low pressure and every idea is heard. And if it's not tried out, we put it on the back burner to maybe try it out one day. So it's never like a, it's truly a, there are no bad ideas, creative space, I think. So going over to the talking about the wake up with Isaac podcast. Yes. What is the wake up with Isaac podcast? So the wake up with Isaac podcast is um, a daily quick, less than five minute catch up on two things that you need to know. I jokingly say like it's one thing that you need to know. And then one bonus thing. It's kind of a just quick, here's two really interesting things happening in the world and a little bit of my take on it. Mm -hmm. We've had some fun episodes talking about, you know, everything from international news to local news to just really weird, random things that are happening that day. What's something that you find difficult about producing The Wake Up With Isaac? Yeah, I think that the difficult thing is making sure that it stays pretty fresh content-wise without slipping into kind of a formulaic, we're going to do this and then do this, so then it sounds like this. I tried my hardest to break that up with news selections. I'm a huge tech nerd, so I know that if I were to have a podcast where I only talk about the new phones or the new phone accessories, like I could easily do that. Um, but I know that that is not how everyone jives. Um, so I try to break it up into set like alternate days. We'll cover tech every now and then to kind of fill my cup for, you know, the <laughs> urge to talk about tech, yeah. but I cover entertainment news. I try to break it up as much as I can content wise to where it is kind of a daily challenge. But I know that like, from that challenge, a better podcast is produced rather than kind of sliding into my comfort zone. Yeah, because I know with uh, my job too, like coming up with daily content that is good that people will actually want to listen to, like that is really tough. It's hard to find stuff sometimes. Sure. Yeah. And it's it's kind of the, you have to be really, really neck deep in your own interests, but you also kind of have to have a pulse on what everyone else is interested in. I'm a huge proponent of like watching Google trends and pop culture news and RSS feeds and basically like every way you can kind of keep your hand on the pulse of what people are into is kind of where I live. So <laughs> as much as you can be involved in like what's happening that day, that would be my tip if someone wants to do a daily podcast. Yeah. My tip would be think long and hard before deciding to do a daily podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, think long and hard. Uh, really decide how much you like coffee and staying up late. And uh, <laughs> if pop culture is not your thing and if news isn't your thing, maybe go a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You're not just doing the real FM thing, right? You're not just doing the real talk and wake up podcast. You also have a position with the KLRC. Yes. So I am the director of social media for KLRC. Um, I handle both the KLRC um Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I do that for Real FM as well. I also work on, you know, setting up ad campaigns, Facebook messaging campaigns, content creation, video production, photography, <laughs> kind of everything that you can do with a computer. I uh, I help a little bit with KLRC and Real FM. Yeah. 
That sounds pretty massive. <laughs> it is enough to keep me very busy for eight hours a day and then some. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so how do you find like all this content to post? Because like I'm watching some of these things mostly related to Real Fab and you come up, you find some like funny things to post. <laughs> uh, really, it's it's from a blend of kind of watching pages that I love to follow both on like a personal level and then from a professional level. My Facebook algorithm, I joke all the time, probably thinks that I'm a like 45 year old woman based on like the pages that I like and follow. I'm a I'm not I'm a 24 year old dude. <laughs> but I follow other, you know, CCM radio stations across the country to kind of get a vibe on what they're doing. And just kind of see what we can do with that but with our own twist. And I think Real FM is a is harder between the two just because Real FM as a product is a little bit different mm-hmm. than what other stations are doing. So it does kind of have to have that like unique flair to it, which I think that again, like Anson and Kara and everyone has kind of set up an environment where I can give shot, like give posts a shot to see if they work and if they land, awesome. And if not, it's it's okay. We can try again tomorrow. But Going from how to select it, I just have to get comfortable with scrolling and with content creation and with figuring out what's working and what's not. And a lot of the times it's, I have to be okay with it being counterintuitive. Like um, (laughs) I want to create the best video products that I can, but I know sometimes a video product going out of just a selfie of someone pouring their heart out about a blog post that they wrote is better than a highly quote unquote produced (laughs) video segment with multi-cam and you know great audio and all of that that's really the the fight that you have to do when you're producing stuff on a daily level you have to kind of like agree that this content might not be at a hundred percent what i want it to be Mm -hmm. but you know what 75 percent 80 percent that's good and that's still getting received well and that's okay yeah I was uh, flipping through my Instagram stories uh, earlier today when I was waiting for something, and I saw that you were working on some kind of project today with After Effects and another Adobe <laughs> product that I didn't recognize, and it sounded like you were really struggling with it. Are you able um, to share that? Yeah, 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 totally. Um, so I was working on a podcast promo uh, for the episode of Real Talk that we're talking about, and uh, After Effects is this hilarious tool where... I I have nightmares about it because every time I touch it, (laughs) I I break it. (laughs) Um, But I set up this project. It's just a quick promo and After Effects was breaking and it didn't really have the look that I really wanted. And it was just this really frustrating thing and it wouldn't export correctly. And if if you've ever worked in like audio or video and I say that it didn't export correctly, Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, that's just hours of YouTube tutorials, right? And I'm like, yeah, that's that's exactly what that is. So... (laughs) It was just this long, frustrating process for about 26 seconds of audio over a photo, which is oh. maddening. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's at that same time, like it's at that level where I had to say like, okay, you know, this isn't going to be exactly, you know, where I want it to be, but I have put in a good amount of time in this. I think that it looks good. I need to step away and sort of release it into the wild yeah. and <laughs> being well received, but it's uh, it's the constant, it's okay, click post kind of thing. <laughs> so what were you trying to do? Were you just trying to put like captions over the photo of a segment? Yeah. So I'm actually going to shout you out in the media work that you've done promoting your podcast. I oh, loved thanks. the basically setting in the um, like reactive audio bar 
over the yeah. photo kind of like giving you a visual depiction of, Hey, people are talking. You should turn sound on. Mm-hmm. I had never done that before on a podcast promo before. So I was like, that looks really cool. I'm going to try that. Yeah. And, uh, I went in through after effects to do it and it worked wonderfully, but then it just didn't export on my windows computer the way it needed to, to go everywhere that it was supposed to go. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. And I followed the tutorial to a T and it just didn't work. And it was one of those walk away for five minutes, go hop on Twitter and read tweets and then go try it again. And it worked, (laughs) which was was almost like a little bit more frustrating that nothing changed, but it still worked. (laughs) Well, I can't take all the credit for that because I'm using an online tool called headliner.app. Brilliant. Anything that can pull me away from After Effects, I am so happy. I love the rest of the Adobe suite, but After Effects, I just don't jive with it. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't fully understand After Effects because I know you can do tons of stuff with it. Like I've seen some amazing things come out of it, but I'm not sure exactly what it is. It's like if you asked for a sandbox and someone just dropped you in like the middle of the Gobi Desert. (laughs) (laughs) This is too much of what I wanted. (laughs) Sand everywhere. (laughs) That's awesome. Cool. So being uh, going back to being a social media director, but you're not just on an island either. You know, you've got to work with other people. Right. So how does that interacts like being creative and trying to make stuff but then also having to take input and direction from other people yeah this is where i again you know shout out to my incredible coworkers and how patient they are when i walk up with a video camera and say hey i know you don't want to be on video but we need to do this <laughs> and they listen to me and i think that it's it's very crucial to have a team that is sold on the vision that you know, maybe we might be doing something that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. It's a little bit out of my comfort zone, but we're all working towards the same goal of, you know, promoting this event or we're, you know, larger picture, you know, sharing the message of hope that our radio station is putting out, you know, reaching people for Jesus. And that, that makes the entire direction a little bit easier when we're saying like, okay, when we have a clear idea that this video is going to serve this purpose, which means these people hear this message that we want them to hear. That makes kind of the little bit uncomfortable nature of, you know, doing a quick video about the blog post that you wrote. It makes it easier, at least on my end, it does when everyone is kind of sold on that vision. So I think that when we all have a clear goal that we're working towards, Mm -hmm. that makes all of the interpersonal working together thing a whole lot easier. So as much as you can establish like how this little video is going to help everything else, I, th- I say do that because that's that helps me tremendously because we're a bunch of radio people and no one wants to do video, but we <laughs> because we know that it works. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Have you ever had like a time when you were struggling, like you had an idea for something really cool that you wanted to do, but there's some other big thing at the station and you just had to put your time towards that, towards the group goal of the station rather than you know a personal goal or personal project? Yeah. So I think that on some level that kind of happens every time we have a fundraiser, because Mm. when you have a small team and you're working um, really long days, like 14 to 16 hour days during a fundraiser week, Mm. you kind of start wearing a bunch of hats that aren't necessarily the hat that you wear all year round. Um, Meaning like I am a video audio person who hosts a night show, but then I also am going to be running the board when a fundraiser is happening. I also need to be, helping out in the phone room. And it's, it takes me away from my constant need to 
document everything on video. <laughs> but I do know that documenting what I can while helping the team serve the bigger goal is so much more important in that environment. It's kind of releasing what you want to do, but again, knowing that it's going to serve the bigger purpose. So I would say having to set my camera down, having to set my microphone down is probably the hardest thing to do during a fundraiser, but I know that it helps out a lot. So if it gives our DJs a break, I'm happy to do it. (laughs) Cool. Can you tell me about a time that you were really stuck creatively and then what you did to kind of try to break out of that? Oh yeah, absolutely. So related to, um, I, I love how I had this offhand because this is exactly, <laughs> I've had this question before and I, this is my answer for it. We shot a video telling this amazing story about someone who they have a secondhand clothing store mm-hmm. and they play our radio station, KLRC. They play KLRC in their secondhand clothing store as a ministry opportunity. Like they oh. use Christian music in their clothing store to like, you know, minister to the people that come in there. And it's this really cool story. I went to get B-roll and film the interview, and I was never more aware of the limitations of my gear than <laughs> on that day. Yeah, I, uh, I had all of these shots that I really wanted to get, but it just wasn't really working out. The space wasn't really conducive to some of the things that I wanted to do. And kind of in the moment, I felt like, oh, no. How is this going to work? What are we going to do? So I kind of went into the, okay, let's get what we know we can get. Future Isaac will fix all of this in post. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of knew that that wasn't the best place to work from, but I knew that we did need to get this. And And I really believed that the story was worth telling, even if from purely an audio uh, perspective. So uh, what ended up happening is that I, I filmed everything that day and I was so eager to get working on it. I went to the closest coffee shop that was, you know, to the place. I opened up my laptop and I started just pouring through, you know, hours of footage and B-roll. And I started kind of assembling the project together. And at first I was kind of like still in that mode where all I had in my head was this highly polished, completely perfect and completely unattainable version of what I just worked on. Right. Mm -hmm. You have this like product that will never happen. Like a a person years beyond my ability couldn't do what I wanted done. (laughs) And I kind of just worked through it and starting the editing process and doing the things that I didn't want to do. Meaning like, you know, I jumped right in with color correction. I started kind of piecing the narrative together. And whenever I hit these walls, rather than getting frustrated and trying to like fight through it, I took a break and I would get up and, you know, read a book for a while. And knowing that that is just as much of the creative process as actually working on your project is important because it's in those breaks that I started to have those breakthroughs of, Oh, maybe we can switch these out. Maybe this can work better, you know, as a B roll sequence or something like that. And that really helped me kind of like piece together the product that I was actually proud of at the end, because it was just working with what I had, allowing myself to take a break and be patient and learn in the process was that was, that was very important. And that was the most recent video for our fundraiser. So I'm looking forward to this next one <laughs> to see what happens. <laughs> Is there a place that somebody can go to go see that video? So you can find the video on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash KLRCFM. And the video is called Used to Be New. So you can check that out. Sweet. And I will link that in the show notes. 
So what are some sources of inspiration to you uh, for you that you go to when you're you feel kind of stuck or you just are kind of like feeling down? Yeah. And I think that that's that's a huge thing as someone who kind of creates on the daily. The slumps are that much more dramatic when you're needing to produce every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, It's definitely an exercise in how can I make it up this hill today? I have been blessed with a network of people who are very strong photographers, very strong musicians. I have kind of filled and carefully curated my social media experience to see all of the work that my friends are doing. Mm. And it's a tremendous blessing just to see people being really weird and creative and out of the box. I have kind of freed myself up to send them messages to be like, yo, how did you do that? Going back to the always asking questions. I've got friends that shoot concerts and I love asking them like, you know, what aperture they shot that in, what was their thinking on framing up the shot. And then same with my friends. Like I've got friends who are working on some albums right now and just messaging them, talking about the creative process with them, really surrounding myself with as many people that are working from the creative field is just so important to me because I need to know that it's not me on an island, you know, working alone on the daily. (laughs) Yeah, that can be so tough. Yeah, for sure. Um, It's just needing experience and needing to see something outside of the project that you're working on is so important to me. So I allow myself to take those breaks and just kind of look at what my friends are doing when I do feel stuck because, you know, you can get inspired from the weirdest places. Like I know a guy who he is a photographer and he shoots hardcore shows in people's basements. And I just like see these really cool images of like this guy navigating through a mosh pit with a camera. And I'm like, you know what? That's awesome. And then you'd like, it just gets me in a good mood. Like it gets me so stoked to like try weird things, both on the KLRC, the real FM, and then on my personal end, like just try different, really creative things. And you don't get examples of creativity unless you follow really creative people. So fill your feed with people who inspire you, please. Yeah. So how did you get in touch with and get to be friends with like the photographers and the musicians and things like that? Were they people you grew up with? And just kind of new or are there people that you came into contact somehow more recently? It's definitely more recently on the contact end. Um, it's been about a year ago. I used to play bass for a um, punk band called Paperweight. And uh, we got regionally kind of big. Um, we played a, the furthest we went is we played a uh, music festival in Chicago called That's Audio so cool. Feed. My goal of that was to, again, like make friends. I became a 14 year old kid again. And I just like <laughs> spastically ran around talking to everyone and just going completely out of character for me and just making as many contacts as I could, just because music is one of those spaces that it gets all of the weirdos and it's just <laughs> so great to be around a bunch of fellow weirdos. So making friends with photographers and through other musicians, that was all through playing music and super cool. I'm so grateful for what music's given me in that, in that regard. Yeah. So how has your love for music, you know, you've been, you've been in these bands and things changed how you think or influenced how you think in relation to, you know, like with real FM, because I kind of see you as like a really music savvy kind of guy. Like, you know, what's up, you know, what's coming out or what's, you know, just released and stuff like that. Sure. So it, it kind of informs, the creative process and how we approach, you know, the promotion of music. I am naturally programmed to love hip hop in all of its form. Um, So I I have kind of like, I approach everything from almost a hip hop focused when I'm looking at music. And I think that it's 
it's been good kind of like getting into that world and finding new and emerging hip hop. Like I'm a big, no big deal fan. Uh, we play a few of his songs on real FM and Anson is also from a completely other end of the spectrum. He loves EDM and kind of dance music. Yeah. Music is definitely that connection between Anson and I. So when we go into like workshop, new artists that we think that we're going to play, I can't believe I get paid to have those conversations. I mean, it's just the most fun I've ever had. Like, figuring out if an artist is going to work for our station and talking with other people about it. The love for music definitely makes it makes it a career that I don't feel like I should be getting paid for it. I'm having way too much fun. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. And I think that like hearing what's working on top 20, I, I hate the word secular, but like a top 20, like commercial, you know, non-Christian radio station, kind of being in the vibe of what's going on nationally like as far as like sound trends and stuff like that i listen to a mix of both so mm -hmm. if i hear an artist that has a great message but also has a sound that i know is kind of working in the culture right now it's just the easiest like yes we have to be playing this artist like mm -hmm. that that makes it really fun that i enjoy listening to both ends of it yeah so can you think of something that's been like a big struggle in your life as a creative person yeah for sure so i mentioned that like one of my biggest sources of inspiration is, you know, following other people and following other creatives. But I think that that's a little bit of a double-edged sword because I think that comparison mm, is also yeah. a huge, that can be a huge pitfall if you get into that rut of, you know, why is it my video products, you know, the same way that, you know, my friend Daniel's are like, he's a fantastic videographer. Why, you know, why can't I like edit like this? Yeah. And I think that like finding a place where you can, do the best with what you're working with, be it experience or equipment. I've had to really like find that zone where I can take a deep breath and say, you know what? I'm not going to compare this because I know that I've done the best job that I can do. Right. Yeah. Getting to that point where you say like, okay, this is good. And this is good on its own. It doesn't need to be compared to anything. Mm -hmm. Comparison is definitely like the thief of joy for me as a creative. Like I needed to, kind of check myself when I stop enjoying things that my friends are doing and start to get jealous. That's yeah. always kind of a red flag to be like, okay, chill, walk away from this. You need to kind of like take a breath and figure out why you're really upset. Not because, <laughs> you know, not because your friend got a better shot at a show that he was at. You're upset because you're frustrated with this product, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would say comparison and then like the daily nature of it, you, you start to yeah. get a little bit worried about, you know, are people, you know, getting annoyed? Is this something that, you know, people are tired of? Am I running the same jokes into the ground? Stuff like that. I think that that's where having conversations, talking with other creatives about how they're switching it up on the daily, yeah. that can be really important. And I think definitely, even though, you know, following and kind of like looking at other creatives can be that double-edged sword. I think the, the pro dramatically outweighs the con. If you approach it, with the mentality of I'm doing this to learn as much as I can. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks. You know, part of what that reminds me of, you know, Ira Glass, right? Host of This American Life. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of him talk on The Gap? No. I would look it up. It's really good. I think you would enjoy this a lot. He's got this idea that when you're entering a creative field or you're trying to do something, you've got great taste. You know, you know what you want your photos to look like, you know what you want your videos to look like or your music mm. to sound like you've got great taste, but your abilities to achieve that taste fall way short. 
right? Mm. The difference between those two, that's the gap that he talks about. Yeah. And so I think that was really good. And he just says, like, you've got to do the work. And creativity, like, it's awesome, and I love it. But kind of like that strike of lightning kind of thing. This is getting away from the comparison part, which is what kind of made me... Uh, which is what reminded me of this. Oh, sure. Yeah. But just putting in the work, you know, using your creativity in a disciplined manner and switching things up, like you said, and talking with people and gaining that experience to close that gap so you can create the things that you can like see in your head or hear in your head and stuff like that. Absolutely. No one knows what you're wanting to do better than you do. Mm -hmm. And I think the way that you like take step towards you know, getting to the level that you want is to just constantly keep doing it, man. Like you, you, you can take breaks. Like it's okay to take breaks, but you need to know like, okay, if this is really what I want to do, I got to put in this time. And you, you are going to be endlessly frustrated with when you hit the export button, but you need to know like, this is a brick on the path that I'm laying to getting to where I want to be. Like it, it has to be looked at like that. Like it's a process. It's not just one day you're going to wake up as the best videographer in the world or one you're going to have as like the best audio editor it's it's a long slog of ideas that take off wonderfully and ideas that fall hilariously flat but you need yeah. joyce and laugh at both of those yeah yeah that's like a whole other section that i that we didn't really cover like just having a community within social media yes <laughs> that's like a whole whole other like interview a whole nother topic yeah, it's it's a total blast to sort of work from these two angles of both people my age, but then also people my mom's age who I <laughs> hang out with on social media. It's it's just a blast. Like I don't even have really a tone shift because I know, you know, like you guys are interacting with Isaac and I'm a twenty four year old guy. And whenever we have discussions, you are definitely talking with a twenty four year old guy because I want to be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was on the KLRC Instagram the other day and i obviously have a bruised face from falling at the skate park and i told people like yeah i, I fell at the skate park this yeah. is this is what you're getting like <laughs> this isn't this is a weird thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i agree facebook must be so confused on like your identity <laughs> oh yeah like i did one of those um for a while there you could like pull your profile id to see like what data they had on you yeah and it was just all over the place like <laughs> the, like opposite on some things, totally right on others. Like they, they have no idea. I highly <laughs> recommend following a bunch of women's blogs if you're a man and it'll just throw the system off. <laughs> Stealth by obfuscation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so do you have any last advice for somebody who's listening that wants to be more creative? Yeah, I would say be willing to take breaks and walk away from a project. You're going to have this entire culture of like, the hustle 24 hours a day and, you know, the no sleep crew and, you know, get seven jobs. I would say be willing to take care of yourself and drink a cup of hot tea when you're having a hard time on a project because not enough people talk about that. You need to be able to give your best on a project and hit export and send. And you know what? You know your limits and you know that you are still growing. You're always going to be growing. Look at each project as a small piece of your career that's getting you to a better place. Don't bank everything on one project. You are better than that. Love yourself. <laughs> Great. Thanks. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So I'm going to cut off the episode uh, right there pretty much. Uh, but cool. I was curious, like what kind of equipment do you get to use when you're like doing the videos and the photography and stuff? 
Yeah. So I recently got myself, this is my like birthday gift to me. I got a uh, pixel Two XL from Google, like a Google phone. Cool. And uh, this camera on here, man, it's, it shoots 4k video and it's just stupid good. Um, (laughs) So I've been using that on like all of our social media videos now for my camera setup. I have a Nikon D5100. Nice. It's a camera that you would usually get like in a starter kit for like photography. I've got that in like a 50 millimeter uh, lens. And then I use a um, Trackstar shotgun microphone attachment to that, which is like just a Chinese microphone that does the job. (laughs) Yeah. Our videos that I've shot, I've used my uh, Nikon for those and I've liked them. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to do a pretty big amount of color correction in post, even when I do have like my white balance properly set. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's just, it's an older camera. So you got to do a little bit of extra sharpening, but I like it. It's, it's been a, it's been attempted stolen several times at shows. It's been dropped. Oh, no. It's my, it's my road dog. It works. <laughs> there's sand in it from taking it on the road. Oh. It's, it's getting me there. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got a Nikon to a D7000, which is also getting kind of old at this point too, but uh, it gets the job done for now. That's right, man. The, every Nikon owner I know, they're like, it's a rugged turd and I love it. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I really like about Nikons, this has changed with the new camera they just released, um, but they had the same uh, lens mount for like 50 or 60 years or something crazy like that. Yeah. yeah. So I've got this 50 millimeter lens that I'm pretty sure was probably made in like the 60s or 70s. So I love it. Completely manual focus, only goes to like F16. And I can't change the aperture when it's actually on the camera. I have to take the lens off, change the aperture and put it back on. (laughs) Do you see this great experience that Nikon has given you though? (laughs) Yeah. So much great learning experience. Stories. Yes. Yeah. But it is a beautiful lens. Like I've gotten some of the, some of my favorite pictures ever out of that lens. Yeah. Even as crappy of an experience it is sometimes. Yeah, you get you get more stories with Nikon. I'll never buy another camera like other than a Nikon because darn it, they just give me so much like I'll sit and talk about Nikons all day. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, I super appreciate it. I think this has been a lot of fun. Dude, yeah, anytime. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, I will let you get back to your cats. Get back to your wife. Thank you so much, much, man. Hey, for real. Thank you for having me on. This is awesome. Hey, thank you for spending some time with Isaac and me today. He has some great stories, some great advice. I really appreciate him being here on the show. And I want to know, what was the best part for you? Send me an email or a voice memo to livelifecreativepodcast at gmail.com. Tell me about what you got from today's show. And I want to say thank you once again for supporting the show on Patreon. You're doing a ton to encourage the creative community around you. I want to connect with you on Instagram too. I'm at Live Life Creative Podcast. Uh, same thing on Facebook there if you prefer that. And find the show notes with links to everything we talked about today. Go to livelifecreativepodcast.xyz and click on episodes there in the menu. And I want to encourage you to tell your friends and your family to listen, especially if they are a creator too and they need some help maybe getting unstuck. And of course, I'd really appreciate you leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. Tell me the honest truth of what you think of the show. I'd love to hear that. Now, our next episode is going to be in two weeks. It's about fear. Are you being held back by fear or are you crushing it? There's going to be some ideas and advice to help you over that hurdle. 
I'm Dylan, helping you break down your creative barriers so you can live life creative. Yeah.